0: Okay, yeah, I'm good to start whenever
1: you guys are. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's your show. You you need to ask <laughs> me things. I'm, like, I'm happy to answer.
0: <laughs> Go for it, Hamish. Hey guys,
2: welcome to another episode of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Hamish. And I'm your other host, Aaron. And today we're joined by one of Aaron's friends from San Francisco, who's also on the SVIP program. His name is Johnny, if you'd like to introduce yourself.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. If you speak German, you can also call me Johannes, but that's not required. And I'm... Usually we respond better to German. Call me Johannes if you are my teacher and you're going to ask me if I've finished my homework because that's on the name list usually.
0: I remember the first time we met and we were like, what's your name, and you just rolled off about five different names we could have called you. And we were like, yeah, you can call me Johnny, you can call me Johannes, you can call me JB, you can call me Bernard J.B. or something.
1: <laughs> I was like,
0: okay, uh... I'll just go with Joddy.
1: That's but, perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. As Hamish said, me and Johnny are both on the SVIP program. So that's the same as Maria and Deja, who are also been guests so far. Hopefully more to come. And <laughs> yeah, Johnny's actually joined us from Germany, from Kronberg. So that's pretty cool. And that was also someone who went to a UK university. And that's how he got into yeah the svip program in the first place so i guess that's like the best place to start is the silicon valley internship program
1: how did did you find it a year out there Uh, i I think the first question is actually how did i find out about the svip program yeah and that was by a friend of mine at uni who i think did it before like two years before he then went back to uni to do his doctor and he was talking hey there's this program in America. Johnny, you you are actually a programmer, you're not a scientist. So you should you should go to America and, and program in the big city and, and not in some small British towns. And and I was like, yeah, I don't have a much bigger plan after uni at the moment, so I might as well apply. And because San Francisco, well sounds good. Sounds sounds like one can do some programming there. And I did my application the application experience was interesting because everyone was asked about like, so so what what do you want to do entrepreneurial? And I was like, yeah, um, I, d- I don't really know yet. I mean, like I do my board games, but I don't really know yet. Can I even do that in America? I mean, sure, Aaron, like what what did you say? W- which kind of business do you, did you want to start?
0: I think I was just along the lines of I kept it very generic. So I th- I'm huh. pretty sure I was just like, oh, yeah, I want to create a business that I would want to use. Uh, I'm still exploring my options kind of thing. But then like same as you with like your board games, I was able to like refer back to, I guess, previous startups I'd like started at university and stuff like that. So I think that was mainly what helped.
1: And did you ever say like, I want to start this big podcast?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, not not that early. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. I only mentioned it to you guys like in the house that I was starting a the podcast. They are lost <laughs> well. it, it, might, it might have been something, because like, I feel like to anyone that we mentioned would start a podcast, it was probably like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> well, it sure, sounds or, so easy. Or like, yeah, or like you will, but it won't be, what episode this? 39. We wouldn't be on like episode 39. You know what I mean?
1: No, that's um, definitely some presence there. Yeah. I, I mean, like, what, what shall we go in details about about living in America, or shall we compare to to something else?
0: So, what, what was your first impression?
1: I guess uh, the the first impression we which I still have very much in mind is our our nightly ride in this not Uber Uber car <laughs> with the six of us, and the driver didn't know where to go, and the place where we were supposed to be dropped off didn't let us in. I mean, uh, that was okay. Wow. <laughs>
0: So, you can explain a bit because I was actually in a different situation to you because me and Maria both stayed in like the SVIP house from like the beginning. Yeah. But you you and Jack were actually in like a better build. Uh,
1: yes, we were in bed and build and uh, we were at some other better build before and they, we didn't find the entry. Well, De- Deja and Ellie, I think, didn't find the entry to their place when let in. But And the driver was getting annoyed because I think his wife was. Uh, Calling and he he started like talking on the phone all the time while driving us around in the new town and like was this, this starting to get dark and you were like okay well how's this gonna go? <laughs> Finally, I, I would say at least from my personal perspective, it kept being pretty chaotic in San Francisco. Just with like personal life, really. I mean, like, you were working at the company and that was like stable yeah. and everything, but but apart from that, comparing America to to San Francisco and to Germany. Like it seems, <laughs> it seems a bit more structured back home. But
0: yeah, I think I think that's quite representative of San Francisco. Really, everyone's got that kind of like try it attitude. So they can always just, which is a good thing. But then it does maybe you do lose a bit of structure, I guess, because you're always trying new things.
1: Yeah, everyone's trying new things, and what I found it, it it was like really, really complicated to to meet up people again. I think I'm like you met a lot of interesting people, but hardly anyone ever wanted to follow up the things at least at least from the people i met and everyone was pretty much focused on their own thing and how the other people c- can help them with that and no one was just focused okay I, i'm 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 just meeting people and see what happens and might do things together and that didn't seem at least for me the, the case in, in san francisco but may- maybe it's an american attitude a bit more i, I haven't lived in enough cities in america to do really have a a better formed opinion about that.
0: What were your favorite parts of the year?
1: My favorite part of the year. <laughs> I mean, just I had of, there in no, no, just living there was was like decent. I, I, I made good experiences. I had a bit of a lump after like four or five months. So it's like January, February, March, where where mm. I was just fe- not feeling that that good because i don't know i i, I kind of missed back home then i started i finally found the the board game developers meetup, the proper one in san francisco and that was always like something so, something to look forward to and prepare your new prototype for and to just meet the boys again every every second week and that was really nice because it did give me some some structure or some, some like some some motivation to, to work on my own projects apart from work so, so the board game developers meetup really cool I also think, right. l- looking back on it, the SWP events we did were, were really cool. The meet entrepreneur yeah. stuff w- was great. I I think all of us could have tried to get some more value out of it. The opportunity was there. Mike got some really cool people along, but I think all of us were, were probably a bit too passive. I, I would say that in yeah. uh, in general, that well, well, always looking back, you always know what you would do differently and what you <laughs> what you do better. So, so <laughs> well, it's something hindsighty, but but. If everyone listening to this, yeah, do SVIP and, and be motivated about it and, and do your own projects while you're there.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Meet the Entrepreneur event, for those uh, listening that might not know, so that was just an event that the SVIP did every now and then where we'd invite an entrepreneur in the industry, like someone who like runs a startup over there in Silicon Valley, and then basically just talk to him, really. Kind of like, almost like a podcast in in the room <laughs> and everyone's there watching like a live podcast kind of thing but it's not recorded it's probably just a talk no, like, it's just a seminar yeah <laughs> right. yeah yeah basically a seminar i don't know why i try to be fancy with it <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah every, um, is a podcast now
0: so. <laughs> yeah basically podcast is life and then you you also like mentioned like the board game stuff you went to a lot of meetups So yes. meetup.com I, th- I think it's a thing here in the UK or internationally, I think, maybe.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely a thing in the UK, but compared to San Francisco, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't compare really. I mean, like this, I'm living in London now when, when it's not locked down. There, there's some meetups and you can go to them. But in, another thing there really is in San Francisco, you're usually using Uber anyway, in most cases. So you might as well just go to the meetup and then Uber home. But in London, you're more on the tube or cycling so it's sometimes just more effort to get around london i think because london is is much bigger so if the meetup is at the other end of the city it's, it's really some effort to get there whereas in san francisco i was working downtown meetups are downtown so i usually just just strolled over to the meetup after work got free food and free drinks usually and then went home after that so.
0: i never knew if you were going for the meetup or just going for the free food just oh how expensive <laughs>
1: Uh, well, uh, let's, let's say both of it. So some of the, so <laughs> yeah, some of the meetups, are, some of the meetups are really good, good, interesting talks. Some of them it just had free champagne. So you get free champagne and then you go, go clubbing or whatever afterwards. It, it's interesting right. because no, no one ever suspected the meetups to be that big if they're not in tech. So I talked I talk to some other people there and they asked me, so, so what's a place to get food or uh, uh, drinks in San Francisco? I told them, yeah, I go to meetup. Even if you don't care about the talks, go there, socialize and yeah. then go somewhere else
2: Aaron told me the same thing Aaron's like to me Johnny I think gets food from other places so he doesn't have to pay for it so if you want whilst you're in San Francisco you could just go to the same place <laughs> as Johnny goes and get free food whilst you're
1: there yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 hey, well, a smart, it's a smart move you know Yeah, yeah. And, and people are usually happy for you to be there so no, no one's annoyed if you're yeah. there as, as long as you're not like shouting loudly or causing trouble like, if you're just standing there o- o- only thing you need to watch out for is like be there early enough yeah. Which I was a bit surprised of. Like I, I always heard that these American working hours are, are that long, but, but the people are very early at the meetup, so they can't work that long. Um, <laughs> the, um,
0: you could probably get even, you get free food, you'll probably pick up a few t-shirts along the way, yeah. some, loads of stickers. You could probably yeah. come to San Francisco without no clothes, <laughs> no money for food, and just go to meetups and just... Yeah. I mean, up like, to be honest,
1: uh, I didn't buy any clothes in San Francisco. I got socks and t-shirts. And and, and uh, uh, we also had like a Docker's meetup. Not not Docker, the tech stuff, but Docker's, oh, okay. the trousers. And I got my two trousers, like <laughs> Fresh trousers in San Francisco from that meetup for free. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just love giving away free stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I think the weirdest free stuff given away was was at the Microsoft one, though, where they gave away like full VR headsets with controllers. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was like full, full full headset controllers. The uh, sad thing was, my computer wasn't good enough to use them.
0: (laughs) We went to Google's offices, didn't we? Like near the end, and then I remember them giving away like a bath bomb. But that's probably the weirdest one, I (laughs) think. And yeah, so you you were there for a year, same as me. You decided not to stay there. Was that like just kind of like a missing home kind of thing?
1: Different different reasons. So Mm. I think we were asked like back in March if we want to but but by loop up the company I work for if we want to try to apply for for the h1b but i was really missing my family so i'm yeah. the oldest of seven siblings and i get along with the six others pretty well i love hanging out with my parents as well so and you can't just be placed there it's, it's just not yeah. possible and the other thing is i don't like paying american taxes because i feel i support them by paying taxes. I don't like
0: paying taxes in general. Uh,
1: and <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm okay with paying taxes. I, I like I like civilized nation states. And, like, I'm happy... It's not that I
0: don't like it. It's just I forget. <laughs> or I leave it to the last minute. I don't like the process of doing it. I'll do it How, online, you, how is it different? In America.
1: Yeah. In America, you actually need to watch out and you need to do, like, deductions and everything. And you need to pay, like, fill out different forms for... California and for, for the federal. It's, it's all very annoying. I really like the British system where it's just like, how do you call it pay And, yeah. and they just do everything automatically on your paycheck. That's how it's supposed to be, really. I think just, just make it as easy as possible.
2: They always take more money though. You have to, and then when you try to claim it back, they don't give it up with interest though. So, uh,
1: yeah, but I'm like. I'm okay with paying for, for the national health service and everything. That's great. I, I just don't want to pay taxes to also support the American military. <laughs> I really don't want that. Yeah. And so, so I think that that's another reason. I'm mean, like, I liked San Francisco kind of, but it was also like a bit too much. People were too San Francisco-y. It would have been interesting to, to spend some time in Seattle or something, but there, there really wasn't the opportunity for that. Aaron, how big was the difference between to, to New York?
0: I thought it was pretty massive. It was like two. It was like literally the two opposite ends of America. And then <laughs> yeah. I found it was just ter- like New York was massive. Like San Francisco surprised me when I arrived, how small it was. Yeah. Like even Hamish, you might like you pretty much covered all of San Francisco yeah. in like a week or just over. New York's massive. There's so many people compared to San Francisco. And it's a lot more formal, I guess. Like San Francisco, it's, I guess the weather allows for it, but you just people walking like jeans and t-shirt everywhere. Yeah, pyjamas <laughs> if they want to, whatever. Um, New York is much more formal, like business-like.
1: So did you have to don't on a suit?
2: No,
0: no, no, I didn't. <laughs> Aaron in a suit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I say, oh, I say no, I? those for the bigger occasions, you know. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Yeah. No. That that was that was. Yeah, I think, I think San Francisco and New York are like two opposite ends of the spectrum, I think. San Francisco is more like a chilled kind of vibe, like classic, like California. You know, how okay. people kind of perceive California. And then New York's probably a bit closer to London, I'd say. Uh,
1: I mean, like, uh, the area I live in, London, is pretty chilled.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say London's like in between. That's how I used to describe it. London's like in between New York and San Francisco. Like San okay. Francisco's very chilled small not that many people and then you got london
2: i was gonna say for that johnny so obviously you got a bunch of free food but did you miss like home food or like food that you'd get like exclusively in
1: germany like one, one or two pieces the thing is yeah. i'm a vegetarian so i don't really fit well into german cuisine anyway oh, okay. and the the progressiveness of san francisco man there's a lot of vegetarian food around which was cool for me but i missed like two dishes from back home uh the first one is called Huntkäse, which is basically uh you have this very low fat high protein cheese you wait till it's past its expiration date so it gets a bit like squishy <laughs> uh, and then you put it in a bowl with oil and vinegar and a lot of small cut onions and you leave it for a day or two and then you eat it <laughs> I mean,
2: I think I'm not a big fan of cheese, to be honest. So, like, I don't know if I'm the best person to describe a cheese. i love.
1: <laughs> it's very much uh, not cheesy because it got no fat. So, so it doesn't really feel like it fe- feels a bit like cheese, but it's more like quark. They actually make it out of quard. quark. Quark. Okay. I'm not sure if you're aware of quark. No, I don't no. think I'm aware. But... Quark is a bit is a bit like a mixture of cottage cheese and yogurt
2: okay no no okay i think i know roughly what you're on about
1: yeah uh, there's actually a funny story about quark and me uh, in sheffield when i did like half a year in sheffield there was a saintsbury nearby like 15 minutes from my home where i was always buying my food and every time i went there i did buy all the quark they have mm-hmm. and in the beginning the quark was on the bottom shelf i kept mm-hmm. buying all the quark all the time i went there for like two months and then they moved it up to the middle shelf what
0: does that mean Just so it's easier for you to access
1: yeah uh, no the, the, that means uh they noticed some increase in demand for it and they put it in a more available position oh is that why them. they do that that explains
2: yeah, sure. oh that explains my experience with cashew milk at sainsbury's then so <laughs> because they're like <laughs> so for the well I've been drinking cashew milk like pretty much yeah. u- since uni yeah? so I was just like when I got back here I was just wondering like why the Sainsbury's was kept shuffling the cashew milk about you yeah, between all the Alpro stuff stayed in the same position but this cashew oh, yeah. milk in the long life section it kept moving around and I was just like why well, can't they leave it It's more convenient <laughs> if I come back to the same place but I guess now it makes sense because the places they kept putting it were actually more obvious if you're if you don't know where it <laughs> is but yeah but then it said I'm the number one buyer of cashew milk at the Sainsbury's near me and then they'd they'd stop selling long life version. Yeah, I have the... Where did you get this award? On Nectar, yeah. So at your local Sainsbury's, it obviously tracks what you buy, right? So I bought so much cashew milk over and over again from Sainsbury's, I became the number one buyer of cashew milk. But then (laughs) I don't think I bought it enough to the point where they keep the long life one. So if I want it, it has to be the refrigerated one, which is obviously
0: less lifespan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get something for that? No, like no. It was just point. like
2: the nectar. It was just fancy the nectar animations or the nectar app, in it? <laughs> oh man,
0: I, I did. They did that.
2: <laughs> no, it was basically like Spotify rap. That they have it for nectar. That's all now. So okay. That's what I, when I looked at it, it basically said Royal Gala apples and um, Long Life milk. That's <laughs> what it said.
1: You're, you're the number one consumer for that. That wow. <laughs> at this, no. It's only at this
2: Sainsbury's. It's obviously not in entirety
1: okay. of Sainsbury's.
2: Yeah. I wish. I wish it was in the entirety of Sainsbury's. When I first read it, I read it like that. I won't lie, I read it like that, I'm like, guys, I'm going to send everyone the screenshot, yeah. I've made it, yeah. <laughs> and then I realised it said, I'll put in Sainsbury's. And I quickly got, got off my high horse, but
0: yeah. I'll accept the number one, you know? So Number one's to number one, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe not food, <laughs> but more about drink, like German beer and stuff like that.
1: I actually don't like German beer that much, or I didn't like it at that point. I really like pale ale, and San Francisco was pretty yeah. good for that. Also, in most places... All well, the places that I went to most of the times, so they, they had a decent beer selection. Zeitgeist always had some German beer, yeah. usually. Bender Bender's also had German beer. So there was beer available. Looking back, I should have been drinking uh, less beer, though, because <laughs> uh, I was actually missing Germany in the sense that I don't gain that much weight in Germany. But, but in America, I definitely got some weight on me because the food is just heavy and they had uh, more glucose syrup and... More beer and bigger portions and everything.
0: I think that's just a thing. I don't. I don't. I don't think you can blame yourself for that.
1: that I'm not blaming myself. I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah. I think that's just America. <laughs> going back to back to Europe and changed again.
2: Americans are just <laughs> yeah. fat, man. Like, I can never forget right. when I ordered. I thought, like, I don't know if I told this story on there. So basically, me and my friend Baxter, that was there with, we went to like at lunch at this kind of diner or whatever. I saw that the only only part of the menu that had chicken strips at the time, because I wanted to have chicken strips this one day, yeah. was on the kids' part of the menu. So it said like two or three. Um, it said it's going to be a kids' version, right? So it was cheaper and so on. So I'm like, yeah. yo, can I get the adult version of this here? That was the biggest mistake of my life. Because yeah. <laughs> they gave me so much food. I was like, yo, I can't finish half of this. Half of it is going to some homeless person we can meet along the way then. Because I can't. There's no way I can consume this. And that was just because... Well if I don't eat all that, I don't want to know what the kids' meal would look like. like. That's how big <laughs> the meal was.
1: Yeah, I know that makes sense. So the, I th- I think the Mexican food was pretty well balanced. Go with a good burritos. Like a burrito is a decent size, it's not too much, it's it's a good amount of food.
0: Yeah. If you love Mexican food, go to San Francisco.
1: <laughs> yeah. And only go to the Mexican places with yellow walls, I was told. Everything else is not authentic, yeah,
0: that, that, apparently. Actually, yeah. Looking back on it, that is a thing. A lot of the Mexican places had yellow walls, or the ones that did were the good places.
1: And much more importantly, they have micheladas. <laughs>
0: okay, do you want to explain what a uh, micheladas is?
1: Uh, yeah, so first things, I love micheladas. I try to bring micheladas to European barkeepers, and they all look at me in disgust. But what is a michelada? Basically, it's tomato juice and beer and salt and other spices. You can make it very spicy with like motobasco, but you don't really need to. Like the Michelada is literally just tomato juice or vegetable juice that we ate one. And beer. I usually go for a 50-50 mix and I love it. <laughs> I, I think I tried to to make Aaron drink it.
0: Yeah. I had a sip and I was like, nah, not, not having that. <laughs> oh, it was just geez. weird. It was just like spicy. I can't, I don't like spicy food anyway, but I was just drinking a drink and I was just tasting spice.
1: Yeah, it was spicy so beef. Like, nah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nah. But you loved it. I remember you like, I know there yeah. was one order you made and it was just like bottles and bottles of like tomato juice. Yeah. Oh wait, so you made it yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean like uh, the good thing in San Francisco is you can go to places that know what a Michelada is and you can order it. But it's also pretty easy to make, it, uh, make at home. So you just get a can of we ate vegetable juice, the spicy one, and you get a bottle of Pacifico I would usually go for, and you just mix it 50-50. That's fun. Uh, that, that's, that's a great hangover cure because you get some vitamins in it, you get some salt in it, you get, you get some of the alcohol, but not too much, and you can still get it down if you have the hangover. So yeah. Or you can start with it in the evening, or you can have it at midnight <laughs> for refreshing. So it's, it's a very flexible drink.
0: Yeah, it's San Francisco. That was Johnny's like answer to everything. I mean, me Jack laughing about it. Like anything we'd say, Johnny would just be like, it's just San Francisco, isn't it? It's just San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you made a bit of a controversial switch from on leaving the SVIP to EF or leaving San Francisco in general. And yeah, EF, uh, we did actually speak for it in a previous episode with Eduardo Barb. Oh, okay. But yeah, Johnny, you also, I want to say leave the SVIP because SVIP is like a one year thing. we all part of it. and But you left San Francisco and then started. So yeah, do you explain that? Maybe compare it a bit?
1: Sure. So I, I actually did apply to EF and Sun, uh, SVIP at the same time. First time around, yeah, I, I got accepted for both. But I decided to go to San Francisco because I mean, like going to San Francisco for a year is, is cooler than staying in London back in mm. 2017. And then I applied for, for EF again after doing SVOP. But I actually applied for EF in, in Berlin this time because as a friend of mine, I whom I met in San Francisco and then went to the UCLA LA Hackathon with, also started EF in Berlin at the same time. So we wanted to be in the program together, see, see if anything nice comes out. The question then is like, why did I do EF?
0: Can you just explain what EF is? like? Oh,
1: sure. Uh, they themselves name say they are talent incubator so so you go there and you don't need a team well you shouldn't have a team usually you don't need an idea for a specific business you you're for the first month just there to meet other people who are also interested in starting a business see if you get along with them and if it works well you got this lion's Then presentation style in the end which they call investment committee so you need to pitch there if they like you you get like some initial investment around like i think 80k for like 10 10 percent of the company or something and then they push you further and go to demo date with but i only yeah. did the first and part they are paying
0: it. you during that like first month as well
1: yes they're yeah. paying you a bit i mean like it's it's good enough to survive but not much more uh for yeah. the first three months so it's pretty nice because you, you you just get paid like for three months to meet other people. But well, why, why did I do it initially? Because I didn't feel like working in another company yet, and I still wanted to do my own company. And it seemed like a good opportunity to try to find someone concrete. Because I'm I'm a tech guy. I'm not happy to do all the tech. I'm I'm also happy to do the presentation, but I really don't like calling blind blind calling other people and trying to sell my product or hitting up people on the internet to trying to sell them something. It's just not me. So is good at potentially finding someone who's the complement to your skill set uh sadly didn't work out for me in berlin because i I just didn't find the right person with with the same energy level in in the areas I, i was interested in and it's to compare the both programs they're both w- very open-ended i mean the like svp is very open-ended so you just got your, like your standard day job but you get connected to other people and places and then you need to do something with it yes is pretty much the same it seems they, they are more structured initially but in the end i would say they also aren't it's just like people get get smashed together in a room and maybe something happens maybe something doesn't happen and I would say in both programs, it's about what you can do and what you can get out of it, and what, and if you are actually sure what you want to get out of it, but I think that's the biggest problem. If you the thing is with SVIP, it got a better length because this year is very important. It's not so because you can you can focus on something else and see okay i was trying to do another board game project in san francisco didn't work out it's fine i can do something else i can try to find some other people for this tech stuff but ef is very, very focused on these three months and there's nothing else you do i mean like you're literally there just to find someone to work with but maybe it's only 50 people maybe the person just isn't there and then you're spending three months to to try to still find someone out there in the group who, who isn't there and you can't focus on anything else Well, you, you can just ignore it which, which sadly a lot of people in berlin did and then nothing happens obviously but there's n- no other real thing you can like focus on and then go back to trying to do your own business yeah. so was it quite intense i mean, like it, it's as intense as you want to make it because i mean like the programs you have maybe like two hours of talks like a day and then nothing and but there's some other activities, but the actual content that have is for the week, you could probably do it like in, in eight hours, you could do it in one day. And the rest is working with other people and on your own. And I, I think it's it's a good fit for some people. It's not a good fit for uh, for some other people. And especially in our cohort, I think the case was like people teamed up early and then they didn't break up. So so you need to imagine it as a bit of like love island for founders. and, and Basically, <laughs> you couple up and some of the couples just stay together and some of the couples stay together till the end and then only broke up like last week before before investment committee and then they never worked with other people. So it's a bit weird. I would have like if I would be the game master of that, I would have. <laughs> make made more forced couples to just make people work together for a week and then switch around and switch around and switch around again and give people more concrete tasks because the tasks were very open-ended. It was like, hey, yeah, uh, try to come up with an idea and try to find some, like, do some customer validation, which is pretty wild, mm-hmm. at least if you haven't done it before. <laughs>
0: but yeah. I love that <laughs> reference. A Love Island reference.
1: I mean, like, I, I was forced to watch some Love Island with some of my housemates.
0: Yeah, no names.
2: So did you like it?
1: I, I liked the English version more than a uh, than the German version because with the English version, but there's a German version. Oh, there definitely there's sort of like a German version, and they, they switch around. So it's the same villa. So not the English yeah. version isn't on the German version is on, in some other uh, languages, I think. No, the German version is a bit too 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 silly because they really. Didn't have the brightest brains in it. Uh, whereas I don't with the, know, English the
0: English version, did yes. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, but it's not my native language, so I can okay. still pretend that uh, it's cooler. <laughs> and it, just just by not being your native language, I think in your native language you have like more of a filter. Okay, this sounds very silly, and this sounds like normal, and this yeah, sounds but... very fancy. But in English, it's just like okay, this is just the base level of English, and it's not worse. Than other English I hear most of the time. Yeah. No, but I mean, like it's pretty nice to just watch some of the clips on YouTube. That That's absolutely fine. But watching it every day is just like nothing happens. I mean, like they, they don't do funny games. I think they do some of the games, but they don't like, they don't do like long-term role-playing. And what, what I really miss in Love Island, most of these reality shows is just get these people, better writers to actually give, the, give them some good jokes. I'm mean, like, you are there all day. Just come up with some good jokes. Please. But uh, that never seemed to happen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. Did, did, did we watch any, any other TV? Well, we watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> that was a disappointment as well. <laughs> Is there any UK TV you like? Oh, UK TV. Uh, More American, I, I guess. I, I really like Black adder But that, that's like some, mm-hmm. something. Years okay, ago. That's an old show. Yeah. That, that's definitely okay. an old show. And yeah, I, I don't want, watch that much TV nowadays. I, I don't like this binge series because... The, the storyline they actually have is not that big, but they blow it up for like 10 or 20 hours. I much prefer it like in a movie form where it's two hours. Mm. And that's, that, that's a bit of a problem. Also, especially with Netflix nowadays, you feel like it's a Netflix show. And it's just like, I mean, like it's well made, but it doesn't really excite you, I would say. So, so what I usually do is I wait some years and then watch the now classics like in shows in lockdown I've been watching Fargo season 1 and season 3 and True Detective season 1 together with my dad that was pretty cool
0: okay yeah I've, I've heard good things about them
1: you should like for, for a different American perspective we, you should watch True Detective it's interesting
0: are you saying interesting as in stupid
2: interesting or intellectually no interesting? no no no, oh, okay. no, especially,
1: no especially True Detective season 1 is intellectually interesting they, they have some very nice discussions there also, so it's a bit so some some bits of f- philosophy definitely in it and like so some some higher images and uh, you you could even say l- the last episode is a bit maybe a bit too much of this the fight of light and dark maybe a bit too much but no no i mean like if you want to watch some tv watch watch true detective really
0: <laughs> and then just finishing off on the ef stuff yeah oh, yeah can you share like the idea you were trying to like start?
1: Oh yeah, no, we were trying multiple businesses. (laughs) In the beginning for like a week or so, I was working in uh, with some other guy on synthetic biology. And we we are trying to make the package manager for synthetic biology. It was pretty interesting, but I, I just didn't have enough of a background in biology to really contribute that much at that stage. And I'm not too much of a business guy either. So it didn't work out in the end. We just didn't make, make enough progress i still think it's a pretty interesting space though after that i was working with carl who had more of a background in in advertising and we tried to create another monetization model for games because we were thinking humans spend so much time gaming and how can can we use their the thoughts or the the brain energy put into gaming to do something else? And can we monetize that? For, for example, you see, like, we have, like, this electric car-, car thing. If you're braking, the energy goes back in the battery. Can we do that with gaming, but with, like, sports? And so we are trying to explore that if you can do basically sell these human intelligence tasks and package them up as a game, and then sell that to to third-party companies who, who need human intelligence tasks, uh, which is still things like an interesting business. The problem was... We would have needed to do too much because we would have needed to create games. We'd have needed to create some game SDK for other game developers. would have needed to create find find customers who need intelligence tasks. And it's like the market was like too multi sided. It wasn't like a single thing we we could focus on initially because we needed all of these bits. So uh, that didn't work out. And then then uh, we had our breakup. <laughs> and in the end, I was uh, working together with another guy from London. In the end on basically creating some meta software as a service platform where you can just create your software as a service platform. Because if if you want to sell software, it's much easier than selling like a physical product, but it's still so much effort because you need to set up payments and and subscriptions, authentication, you want to do some user tracking, you want to limit your APIs, and you spend up to we did some research on this so you maybe spend even like 80 percent of the time not actually working on the core value your product creates but on all auxiliary services you need to sell your product in the end we thought we can make that better that you can actually focus on your on your core value and not on the rest and there was some like team reasons why it, why it don't work out in the end
0: yeah one one thing that actually came to my mind that you were talking there was you actually won a hackathon in San Francisco, didn't
1: you? Oh, yeah. some money. Uh, I mean, like, always winning hackathons is a bit complicated to say because they award so many different prizes. But yeah, actually two mm-hmm. hackathons. Uh, I mean, like I did win the SVP Ooh. hackathon. A weird presentation by some people not to be named did win that one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Aaron does know more about it. No, yeah. I, I uh, went is to... Be... <laughs> not,
0: not really. Basically, basically me, me, Ellie and Jack won the SVP hackathon Then we basically just... I just did everything in Sketch and like <laughs> just gave a presentation on it. We didn't build anything. Yeah,
1: but yeah that was fun. I mean, like, that's what a hackathon is about.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fake it till you make it.
1: I did win some prize at the UCLA hackathon. Mm-hmm. We did win the prize for using Oracle software. Basically, we had some like weird website, and it wasn't really in any category for the prizes. So we looked at the price categories. Okay, so okay, let's let's use Oracle Cloud, and because we. We tried to just get a virtual machine on Oracle cloud and run our PHP stuff in. It was incredibly complicated to even get like a single machine. We spent like, multi- the documentation was like horrible. <laughs> but in the end, we managed to just upload some PHP scripts on Oracle. We were the only people try doing that. So we won the prize. Hackathons, uh, Minerva hackathon. We did build a watering robot for developers. So. Basically, you you were mounting the robot on top of your laptop, and then you could move your face left, right, up, down, and the robot would follow you, and you could open your mouth. The, the webcam would detect it, and then the robot would spray some water in your mouth. Well, approximately your mouth. There wasn't that much testing involved. But it kind of <laughs> worked.
0: <laughs> you want like a couple K, didn't you, for that?
1: No, no. Oh, that, that, uh, no, a couple K was the uvis hackathon and okay. we did build a solution for basically deciding which content is relevant in the future and which content is not relevant because uvis is offering this document store an api on top of it and they have a problem that a lot of their customers are just putting everything in that's bad for them because they don't want to sell storage they don't make money by selling storage they make money by selling API calls, and so they don't want customer just dumping all the storage uh, because it's not the business model. And so we we build a solution to basically shrink down the storage on the stuff that actually matters. And well, well, not a solution. We just built build a hacky neural network and a hacky dashboard. But hey, uh, it was was a fun pro- project for a weekend.
0: No, that is something you definitely like. <laughs> tried like so many things when we were out there in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, looking back, I wish I to try even more things, but hey.
2: I like that first <laughs> idea of like, not getting up and just drinking water, but that surely that would, wouldn't there be, like, other, I guess, implement, implications of this, because, yeah, say, if, well. I, if I didn't get up to drink water, I'm just going to end up sat in that same position all day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are definitely other implications there, but didn't matter for the hackathon
2: yeah, that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really sick idea. I'm sure people would, it would be like probably sell more if you put alcohol in it or something, like.
1: Uh, you can do that <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so it was like a standard hydrostatic pump so there usually isn't enough mm-hmm. pressure in it it was like dribbling down and so what we did do is we just use uh like a crocodile clip mm-hmm. uh, and put the crocodile clip on the tube decrease the diameter and then it was strong enough <laughs> I, I, I i think i have a video somewhere on death post like okay, uh, you can put the link in the show notes
0: oh yeah that'd be cool and then you did mention like how you said you weren't much of a, like a business person and selling software is better than always easier than like non-software hardware. I don't know what to call it, physical goods, but you're a board game designer developer. Like you've got a board game that you sell. Yeah. It's, this is one thing when we first met and like you mentioned, I was like, Oh, I, I just assumed it was like an app, like a board, like a mobile game or something. And he was like, no, it's, you showed us. And it was like an actual board game that, like Monopoly or something
1: well, well please no no Monopoly there but I, I, well I would love to make Monopoly because I still sell so many copies but no the things I'm, I'm a board game designer and a bit of a publisher but we try to outsource most of the bits so so what you do what we did do with our last project is we design the game and we try uh, but then we give out the game design to another company who's doing like marketing and shipping and everything because th- these things are a lot of effort and they're, they're very, very needed, but they are not what me and my dad are good at. So we just make the game, the game design. So
0: is in like how the game works, like the rules and that kind of stuff?
1: Yes, uh, basically the early version of how the game works because there, there's so much stuff a publisher usually changes. So so you you just give them like a, like a, some rule set in the beginning. They like it and they say, okay, we're going to publish it. And then you don't hear anything for a year. And then some game comes out, which might have some resemblance to your game. And there's going to be your name on it. But they might have changed a lot or nothing okay. at all. It really depends. Uh, the most weird thing there was actually the expansion to, to the game we did before. So we published half Point Heroes with them. Yeah. And then we had an idea, okay, well, let's do an expansion. And we, we were thinking, what's everyone doing in the electronic space? Pay to win. So how can we make a pay to win board game? And we're like, okay, we're gonna sell stickers, and you can just buy more stickers, and stickers are strong, and you can put the stickers on your cards to just make the cards better. And if you have more stickers, you win more, and you can just buy more stickers from us because we get paid. So, so we designed some stickers and some rules, and then we play tested it once, and then we were writing down like some 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 rules, and we're like, okay, hey, hey, Frank, we have this new idea, you want to check it out? And we heard, and he said like, yeah, I'm gonna check it out with my guys. Then we didn't hear anything back for a year. And a year later, he, he's asking me, "Okay, Johnny, where are you at the moment? I need you to sign some promotional copies for the expansion we are publishing next week." And I was like, "Which expansion? <laughs> Why do I need to sign that?" And it then turned out they actually <laughs> like prepared so much, and they got the artist and everything done. And I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that." <laughs> so uh, yeah. Oh, so wait.
2: So just to clarify. <laughs> So you don't you don't have a single board game that you sell. instead you're making the ideas and selling the ideas
1: and then yeah it's it's like a okay. like a board game you call it like a board game mm-hmm. author or in German author okay, okay. or designer and so you you sell basically you sell the prototype mm-hmm. and and everything else is done by the board game publisher but oh, that yeah. also means the money you make as a board game designer is like very very non-existent (laughs) but you get some money but it's it's you couldn't survive on it if you don't land a very very big hit or you publish a lot of games
0: but does that mean you're not you don't necessarily have to put in a lot of money into it because it's kind of like your ideas Uh, no like uh, or the prototype you actually like making it out of like paper and
1: card kind of yeah absolutely i mean like for the prototype you can even just like make some rules and in your text okay. editor and if the company likes them they're going to proceed with it if there's a cool idea in it yeah and yeah i, I think it's quite different to like mm-hmm. writing a book with writing a book you're much more involved till the end but with a board game the, there's so many decisions to be made so so much about like the graphic design and the publisher usually knows which kind of like target group that they are aiming for so they want they want to have much more control about the final product
2: yeah did you ever do a like an online one or like an online board game ever or was it always a physical copy
1: we also did do some online board games yes so i started game programming in high school and we did some some iphone games and, and some android games later and at the moment i'm programming an online board game for for my dad's current company so yeah it's a big space the thing is i i don't think board games play that well online though i much prefer to play board games with real people in the real world and play computer games with people online because it's just different things you're designing for, and I, I think it doesn't really transfer that well in many cases.
0: Okay, interesting. Have you heard of? There's this thing on Steam, yeah, um, Tabletop Simulator or something. Yeah, yeah I heard
1: about one. it. I hate it. I really hate okay. it. <laughs> it costs like forty <laughs> quid, <could>, I think. <laughs> I, I heard. I've only heard good things about it. It's so much effort to play games. In. I mean, like, I like playing games. I love playing games, but. Tabletop simulator is so much effort. About it's just fiddly because you need to move around so many pieces. So it's okay if I do that with my fingers. And but tabletop simulator also depends on tabletop simulator if you got like full rules enforcement for a game or not. If you don't have rules enforcement for a game, I I don't really see a reason why you want to play it on a computer. If you get rules enforcement with a complicated game, maybe.
0: I I don't imagine is a board game like industry like doing well at the moment. Like because everything's moving to like. Tech
1: and online. No, kind of no, thing. no, 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 no. The board game industry has been doing like marvelously well. Like, like the All markets right. have been going up and up and up in, in recent years. Especially in America, people spend more of their money on board games than they did before, and you also see that in the board game prices. So, like ten years ago, you could, well, like. 10-15 years ago you could buy like big board games for twenty-five, thirty 30 bucks and nowadays you would easily have to pay 60-70 bucks for them and well production got more expensive than but no kickstarter has been like a big boost for some companies and the eastern european market is growing crazily the German okay, market is a good. bit s- saturated because we were like one of the founding markets. And we just have been saturated for years. But if you want to start a new board game company, go to Eastern Europe. Yeah, we, there's definitely a lot of growth potential there. Or go on Kickstarter and sell, sell a shitty game with nice miniatures and good artist design.
0: I, I saw actually recently you gave a, I think it's semi-related, you gave a Talker React Summit. Like an online because of the coronavirus pandemic and everything, yeah. and that was like to do with the uh, board games.
1: Yeah, React. Sorry, uh, it's like a React conference. That they moved it online. They gave a short talk about how to make your own electronic board game with BoardGameIO. So BoardGameIO is this library for organizing your game state and then possible actions. So it's doing all the simple board game simulation bits, and it even got some AI out of a out of the box because if you know all moves and if you know the end condition you can do some monte carlo tree search on top of it so you got pretty pretty nice ai basically for free and you put a react interface on top of it makes it pretty easy because you you had just look at the board state and then you render the board with react pretty nice way to write a board game
0: yeah uh for those like not very technical reacts the most popular front-end web framework to like build web applications
1: yeah and i really recommend that go talk about things you want to talk about
0: yeah and we'll put your uh link to that talk in the description as well
1: yeah absolutely and if you're in london you should come to the london bring your own react project meetup
0: okay I, i've joined a few meetups just on on the app but i haven't actually gone to anything so
1: (laughs) yeah well it's complicated at the moment but (laughs) yeah but uh the next london bring your own project is going to be online i think it's the second of july bit of screen share
0: oh no I, i had a
1: question on the
0: board game stuff Oh yeah, uh can you buy the game? Half Pint
1: Heroes. Half Pine Heroes, yeah. You can actually absolutely buy it online somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you can buy it on Corex games. So I'm not the publisher, so I'm not selling it online. I mean like they are selling okay. it online. I, I, <laughs>
0: do you get like a commission then from like every purchase? Yeah,
1: once a year we get some money.
0: Once a year? But, so you don't even do it like Okay.
1: No, no, it's much too much effort to do it more often. So it's also not relevant. I think once a year so we have three designers and every one of us gets like hundred and fifty bucks. So it's really not that much.
0: <laughs>
1: but we usually convert it into board game credits because they're also selling selling other board games and then we get a better bet ratio and then we just get okay. other board games for free once a year.
2: I was gonna say like is it not like in your interest to like I guess ask for like a commission or like a bigger commission?
1: I don't really care that much to me i'm okay. like I, I i just want people to have the game and have fun like i decided i'm gonna stay in tech i'm gonna make my money with tech because that's much easier than making money with board games and then i can just put my tech money into making games and not care about wanting to sell them too much just just make the games i want to make
0: that's that's very wholesome <laughs> it's very it's very nice <laughs> we don't,
1: we don't yeah, see a lot like- of that if, if you can do it it's it's much easier. I, I think I think one problem there in general is usually people don't want to make games they want to get published and that, that's a very very different thing. Also it happens with people writing books they actually don't want to write books but they want to be the book author who gets published and then they aiming for mm-hmm. different things so that that's what I was feeling talking talking to other game designers and I really tried to avoid that because you need to focus on so many different. The, on, on so many other things compared to just making a game you like
0: so it's like they want and the they just want their name on like the front the cover and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah and they don't want to make a nice game I don't really get that I want to make a nice game and then maybe publish it for some yeah. other people it's the other way around but hey to each of that one <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, yeah we, we'll, we'll try and find a link to Half Pint Heroes and put it in the yeah. show notes I've played it it, lo- it looks very good it's really well designed so yeah go check it out there's even like you've got you and your dad as like cards on it as well right Yes. Yeah, and I'm pretty. Uh, I'm the not... guy on the front cover as well, I think, looks like Wayne Rooney. So they should <laughs> take that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess other than that, you are working in London or for a startup in London right now.
1: Yes, I'm working uh, for a stealth startup which I can't name. We don't yeah, even have was... a LinkedIn presence. <laughs> 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 but we are, we are based near Gray's.
0: Yeah, and you're back in Germany.
1: I'm back in Germany with my family. Yes, because I really didn't want. To lockdown in London on my own and just don't see anyone for multiple months. And in Germany, I've been cycling a lot recently, which was a great contrast to doing tech work. I sadly had a bicycle accident, broke my right arm, not allowed to cycle for some weeks. That's oh, very annoying. Okay. But, but about two weeks ago. How did you just? We are real lost traction. And so I've been sliding and I somehow hit the right elbow. Oh. I don't really know. I don't remember the details. I was just lying on the ground afterwards. I'm
0: glad you're well. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never broken anything. Really? Uh,
1: yeah,
0: no, never. How boring. <laughs> <laughs> to be
2: honest,
1: like, my toes could be you broken, but I would never know. Uh, you definitely broke your toes, statistically speaking.
2: Yeah,
0: but I... Oh, but
1: the is
2: felt
0: like a common thing?
2: No, yeah, like, you know when you stub your toe, like, there's a good possibility you've broken it, but the thing is, I thought they said that you're meant to be in excruciating pain for a oh. while if you break your limb or something, but... I'm not entirely sure because I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't broken like anything. If I broke broken something, it would be this, the pinky toe, but it wouldn't be <laughs> anything else. Like, but I'm not sure based on how people explain what breaking a limb or fracturing, it would be like the reason why I don't panic a lot of the time is because I don't think I ever break it, anything else because yeah, like I don't ever get into excruciating pain or anything.
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know that was a thing where you can like breaking your toe. Is to There's your no toe way you haven't probably top. broken
2: your pinky toe. Uh. Have you stopped your toe like really hard?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, just, I didn't know that would break a, like a toe. Bro, or something, how, how strong do you think that pinky toe is? <laughs> oh, my my pinky toe is dense, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just go to the gym for it, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't do like His pinky toe bicep curls just... or anything. I just do like toe toe
2: press. Yeah, toe
0: press. <laughs> 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 um okay that would look
1: interesting <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Um, oh god i'm gonna google that after this um yeah so how's it like being back in germany i guess you spent time in america and then london
1: yeah it's a, it's a I, I think the biggest change is actually talking your lingua franca so speaking german just mm-hmm. sometimes give you a bit of, of another energy level I mean, like, I'm I'm okay. happy to speak English most of the time, but it's still, like, I don't consciously need to speak English anymore. I just do it. But it's still a bit straining. If you, so, okay. so I'm ha- happy to be here. And I also prefer, much prefer to be here in case I actually get, like, COVID or something because we got a pretty decent health system. And I know that I'm not going to pay, like, stupidly high bills. I might have to pay in America. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Uh, um, yeah i know I'm, I'm so happy that i didn't break anything while i was in america that yeah would have
0: been yeah so, for sure
1: so much of a hassle and, if i broke uh,
0: anything i don't even think i would have i'd i've already been
1: like no it's fine it's
0: fine yeah
1: yeah i looked up how they treat like different different injuries so the injuries i have at the moment in america they, they would give you cast for like a week and then don't do anything and just send you back to work because you usually just can't afford like the longer treatment and not going back to work. Mm. Whereas in Europe, they say like, yeah, well, are we are going to do like different things over six weeks and keep cool? Uh, it's a very different approach.
0: <laughs> are you with yeah. all of your siblings back in Germany?
1: Yeah. Uh Most of them are actually back at my parents' house as well. So I'm spending some time at my dad's place, j- just the two of us, because it's a bit quieter and just a bit less less trouble so it's only mm-hmm. <laughs> because two people is less than nine people but all of them are here I, I think my my brother leonard is actually in the best position because he's working for the german air force usually but the barracks he's working at close down. he was just sent okay. home and, and he's still like on full pay and doing nothing apart buy- from Cycling, and so he was basically paid for a paid-for cyclist at the moment.
0: <laughs> what was it like growing up with seven, seven brothers and sisters?
1: It's wild, <laughs> I would say, uh, but it's also uh, also less wild because if if you are seven, you you balance each other out, and you watch out for the others, and you calm the others down. So, uh, uh, if some some friends visit, they usually surprise how calm it is. Because they imagine seven people is going to be so much chaos. Yeah. Because they are used to like the chaos of like two kids or something, and then extrapolate that. But seven is much more self-regulating than you would expect it to be initially. But but it's also a bit complicated because I think I have very good bonds to 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 my siblings. So mm-hmm. so I mean, like a lot of other people have best mates or something. So I have good friends, but I don't really have a need of a best mate or like this very best made concept where you just just do, doing a lot of stuff together because i just have my brothers and my sister yeah. and just spread out my attention over that so so some of my friends out of the family complain that i'm not that responsive on like online with the chats <laughs> or on facebook or whatever because it's just i already have like so much social interaction so also having the lockdown here it's not that i'm missing social interaction i, I got that all mm, like next yeah. next door if i walk out of the room that's that's not the problem but it's definitely not uh, irreplaceable. And uh, the family has been the biggest reason to, to get out of America again, apart from some other stuff. Being the oldest is also a challenge sometimes because you try to, well, lead or calm down your smaller, smaller siblings. And then they say, You are not my father. <laughs> oh, man, I can see that. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's another interesting challenge. But yeah, how many siblings do you have, guys?
0: I have two younger ones. Oh.
1: Um,
0: same, yeah, two younger ones.
1: Uh, how, how many of them did appear on the podcast, that way? None
0: of Zero. them. Zero. Why not?
1: I
2: just don't think... Neither of mine would be interested. To be honest, my my one of my younger ones is actually starting one himself. I, oh, I saw him. I saw him recording and editing really? the other day. So oh, I, was just, nice. I was like, okay, like yeah, whenever it's out, let me know. I just want to. I'll make sure I follow and like it as always.
0: <laughs> so if you're here, if you're new
2: here and you haven't liked and
0: followed our stuff,
2: go ahead, like <laughs> and follow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess before we like round up, I just also want to touch on. So you you did a masters in Oxford, at Oxford, right?
1: Yeah. Actually in the UK before. Uh, I was doing half a year abroad in Sheffield, uh, throughout my undergrad. No, so so Sheff- Sheffield was like interesting in the first taste of the UK. I think one of the, the one of the funny bits there is I didn't know the difference between rugby league and rugby union. I just did know rugby because okay. that's what yeah. you know. So uh, they had this sports fair, and I walked to the first people having a rugby ball in their ha- in their hands, and they were rugby league, and I sticked out with like, uh, with rugby league, uh, and they they just tricked <laughs> me into that. Looking back, they didn't really have to trick me into that because rugby union went to game days with a suit on, and I'm definitely not a guy who likes to wear suits. So, so I fit much better in the rugby <laughs> yeah, league that, anyway. That a <laughs> but, but <laughs> so That was a good point. Yeah. Oxford is actually funny story, story. So so I was like stably employed in Frankfurt. Everything was nice and calm and life was going on. And one day uh, with some work colleagues, we did watch the movie, a German movie called Die Feuerzangenbowle. Which is uh, about like, like some older guy going back to school and doing stupid things. And we also had some spirit spirits in us. And we we're like, okay, let's go back to school. Uh, yeah. And we were like, we we're a bit titsy at that point. And we're like, okay, like if we want to go back to school, where can we drink the most beer at school? And we're like, the UK. Which, which universities uh, do we know in the UK? Oxford. And then, then we made. A bet that all of us on Monday are gonna apply at Oxford. And if they accept you, you have to go. And, and so, so <laughs> yeah, that's mad. And, and so Monday we check what the deadline is. And the deadline was like the Friday that week. So we needed to hit up our old professors uh, who haven't seen us in years, potentially, and ask them to write us some recommendation letter till Friday. <laughs> and I somehow convinced like my professors to write me these letters. And then I tried to, to submit my application on Friday. Uh, my credit card gets blocked because you need to pay like 70 bucks or something for the application. So I need to run to my boss, ask for oh, his credit no. card details <laughs> for the application and um, uh, then they make me uh, pick a college I want to like prefer I was like shit I need to pick a college there's a list of 38 colleges I think and you need pick one you prefer was like shit I don't I don't know any of these don't need to do that uh, but they have this had this option of open application so I just picked that and then went with it because no one of us really expected it to follow through anyway but it, it was a bet. so I'm like you made that bad for so you. Yeah, that's a <laughs> bad, exactly. And then they invited me for the interview. The interview went okay. Didn't go that well, I would say. Well, it was okay. And then I got the got, got the offer and was like, shit. <laughs> well, it was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, obviously, I'm going to take the offer because why why would you not? Uh, but it was like planned in my life to to actually go to back uni at that point. It was the same with SVIP. i mean, like, I didn't have further plans for uh, for after Oxford. I, SVRP accepted we might as well go to California yeah I'm mean, like keep keep it easy some people but,
0: try really hard to get into Oxford and you just got in from a drunk bed
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean like I still got like a pretty pretty nice undergrad degree yeah yeah of course so so I mean like but I just didn't have the motivation well I wasn't interested initially to, to, to just apply there but it was still still hard enough and the interview was like you needed to do some coding tasks before, do some research tasks, and they're going to ask you about stuff. So I'm like, yeah.
0: I was just going to say, do you think the bet was worth it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing, uh, my tip, if you want to go to Oxford, just do the masters. <laughs> the undergrad is, is like a lot of effort and the masters is a bit more, a bit, a bit, a more, bit more open, I would say, especially in the computer okay. science masters. You, you just pick, pick the modules you want to take. There's not a single module you actually have to do. Specifically, and, huh. you you do some research you 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 can write your thesis about pretty much anything as long as you find some supervisor that's cool but one thing i really missed in oxford was the the spirit in the in the computer science department because uh, in my undergrad in in darmstadt i did really know a lot of the other computer science students pretty well and i've been hanging out with them and everything but in oxford you have the college model which, which is Great for for hanging out with a lot of people in like different areas, but it really diminishes the connections to other computer science students you have at least on the master uh, on the master's program. On the on the undergrad program, you you have your computer science people in the college, and you get like educated together, and you have the same tutor and everything. But in the master's programs, it's pretty likely that you don't even share share a module with another computer science guy from from your college because it's just too many modules and just doesn't happen so there was no there was no community spirit in the computer science students really it was like no hacking together and i don't feel i made that many connections to actually start or have a tech business in now i expected i expected more more computer science connections to be made there but it just seems seems to be a thing of the college model. But I met yeah. a lot of interesting people in history and our environmental research and all of that, which I would never have talked to if it wouldn't be for the colleges. So uh, it's a bit of a trade-off. How how was it at your uni?
0: I didn't really get involved in much of like the hacking stuff, but I think the like spirit within the department, like the computer science department, mm-hmm. like we were all it was only like a hundred of us in a year, yeah. um, so we all kind of like knew each other and. Like there were close groups and everything.
2: Socially, I couldn't fit into the hackathon type groups that were <laughs> happening. So, like, I was just I just stayed away from it. Really, like,
1: I, I don't necessarily mean hackathons, but I just mean you actually have some computers standing around where you can do stuff on.
2: Oh yeah, uh, we had labs. That's where we yeah, spent uh, most of our time. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, so what, what's the biggest Warwick hacking story? Computer science fuck up, however you want to call it.
2: Are you saying like bugs we found
1: or like? Uh, crazy things happening I I, I think my best actually computer story is when we did blow up an old computer but by just connecting it to the outlet
2: oh my days there was a computer that set on fire oh
0: yeah yeah yeah, we had yeah (laughs)
2: We were just sat there, yeah. Um, like we were in lab where everyone was doing work around. In this, it was a pretty. This one was the older lab, so like we were just sat there. Everyone was working in their places, yeah. So I, I saw smell something. I'm like, I was like, guys, you smell something burning, yeah. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. it's it's just it's just the lab. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I look, I look, turn around, you Next, literally the computer next to me, yeah. It's starting to like play on, like. Surely that's not right, yeah. Like it looked like, you know, it was going orangey inside. I'm like, yeah. nah, maybe maybe it is an old lab, yeah? Well, like, I forget it's it. It's yeah, a trouble boost. And then the next thing you know, yeah, the screen is up in flames. Yeah, And I'm like, oh shit, guys, someone unplug it, yeah? So half these people started running, yeah? I remember Irish, yeah? Big up Irish, yeah. Irish was the only one that tried to help me instantly unplug it, yeah?
0: It was Josh computer and he was yeah. first he, one out of the He ball. ran. <laughs> he was just watching like, football as well. He wasn't even working. He was watching <laughs> football.
2: I was like... <laughs> I was like, we're, we're, everything else is going to burn, yeah. We don't have enough time to get our equipment out. So you might as well, yeah, like unplug it, yeah. So it, at least it reduces the electrical thing, yeah. The thing was, I, I debated using the. You know, the fire extinguishers, there, but I didn't want to get yeah. in trouble because they made it sound like if you use it, you better have a very good, just cause. So, I
1: mean, like a burning computer is a good cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was, that was
2: I wasn't, I was, well, with Warwick, I wasn't really sure what the lines. Here. So, when the security came afterwards, you do, and I asked them, like, you know, in this situation, they they actually said, oh, yeah, you should have, yeah, um, in this situation, if it was a fire, just use it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if it was a fire, why didn't your alarm go off? Because there was, like, a lot of people in the building at this time and the alarm didn't no, go off.
0: Was, I, I think it was, um, we were there on like the weekend. I think it was like a Saturday or something. Oh, was it a weekend? Oh, yeah, so. that could make sense.
2: But it, I think yeah. it was a very busy weekend for the labs, anyways, if yeah, that makes I mean, sense.
0: Man, <laughs> that that fire, that fire is a throwback. I totally forgot. <laughs> Bro, about. I just remember half oh, of you bolting
2: out of that room. I was just like, what the fuck, guys?
0: Hey, <laughs> Big up Irish, himself. though. Like,
2: Irish was the only one who instantly tried to help me get this thing unplugged. Bro, we would have had no lab that weekend, fam. <laughs> The fire alarms didn't go. That was a tragedy. That was an actual tragedy.
0: Anyway, I think uh we should probably wrap up the episode.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: But yeah, no, it's been a good one. So I don't know how if you know how our like structure works, but we end it with some final questions. Um and then you can call out someone to come on the podcast and then you can shout out basically anything you want. So we'll start off with the final questions. The first one I got is what's next for you?
1: Oh uh, uh... I was actually thinking about maybe doing a part-time PhD while working. Ooh. trying trying to figure out that uh, at the moment. If I find any 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 interesting, not too sciencey project,
0: go back to Oxford.
1: Or no. Uh, no, definitely not. The computer science department is too sciencey. I I, I, <laughs> I need some so, some some computer science department where I can do more uh, more software development. Can um, now be in England? Though? I, I think Germany is a bit easier on that because we also got like okay. free application. Uh, You you can basically start whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. So that's number one. Number two is keep working at the company I'm working at and hoping for a good launch. We got our first real customers (laughs) on board last week, I think. Let's see how that goes.
0: Just a side note before you ask the next question. Somebody commented on one of our YouTube videos uh, on the third wheel clips talking about some herpes cure.
2: What? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All the YouTube yeah, bots. Did. You mean the, the the silly bot comments that we're getting these days?
0: Yeah, but this is like a really long essay. They've oh. like put in contact details. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Aaron, you got herpes
1: yeah? And how the am I supposed heart. to help with
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just says herbal treatment is 100% guarantee for herpes cure. The reason why <laughs> most people are finding it difficult to cure herpes is because they believe on medical report, drugs, and medical treatment, which is not helpful to cure herpes. <laughs> then it just keeps going on, and then it gives contact me via email. Gives an email, gives a phone number, an Instagram. Which clip is this on? Which clip is this? This is about this is Stephanie's one, which is called "Healthcare in the USA" is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> i don't like to.
2: Yeah. But yeah, yeah continue, Hayesh. Yeah, so the next question is, what is one piece of advice for younger you? Uh, how young? You choose. Which, whenever you'd like to interject and give yourself some advice.
1: Keep reading. Don't, <laughs> don't stop reading. Bro.
2: Oh, reading. I thought you said breathing. Jeez.
1: <laughs> 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 breathing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a one of words. I'd be like, my younger self didn't stop that, luckily.
0: <laughs> Any, anything people should read that maybe you've read recently?
1: Actually, from a software engineering perspective, or from from an engineering perspective, I would recommend uh, Michael Crichton's Airframe. Okay, I'll uh, I'll have to get you to uh, spell that out for me. Michael Crichton says it's the author of Jurassic Park, and the book bu- and the book oh. is called called Airframe,
0: and it's like to do with engineering.
1: Uh, yeah, it's about uh, plane engineering. Oh, okay, that and and cool. human error in that. Or when can you rely on the machine? When can you rely on the human and the media process around that? It's, 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 so I, I really like fictional books, which are like grounded in reality. I don't, I don't like non-fictional books in many cases because they are too dry. But the book tells a good story, which also teaches you something. That's cool. And Airframe definitely does. Okay.
0: And third and final question. So this is a question that we ask every guest. And that is, what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience?
1: Well, let's take it literal. A, a tricycle has three wheels. We have a very <laughs> big hill next, next to my house. And uh, when I was young, we had this tricycle and my grandpa just pushed me on the, on the tricycle, put me on top of the hill and let me run down on the streets. And you know, like it's a big street and there's like cars, uh, uh and, and crossroads left and right. But my grandpa said, Hey, oh, you can do it. You just roll down. It's going to be fine. I'm like, getting faster and faster, rolling down the hill. Uh, and my grandpa, uh, grandpa keeps running behind me, uh, and try, trying to like stop me because I can't stop on my own. Oh, Stephanie, <laughs> three
0: wheel experience. <laughs> you have to be different, but,
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: I guess that is very literal in a sense, uh, so <laughs>
2: the call out is a section where you can kind of nominate one of many people to hopefully come onto the third wheel in the future so is there any anyone you'd like to nominate or um, uh, what
1: what are you looking for i'm like i've i've different people i can i can anyone anyone uh, you if you want to talk about psychology i can get you one of my brothers who has been uh, studying psychology in germany and in the netherlands if you if you want to keep doing your international tour
0: oh yeah go on shout him out
1: yeah okay so simon come on Simon the third wheel <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> does, does he have like anything online we could does he have Instagram or anything we can
1: uh, yeah I think he has Instagram
0: tag him we will tag him when uh, we upload your episode okay and then the last bit is just a shout out so basically you can shout out anything if it's something you're working on
1: yeah check out half
0: Pine heroes <laughs> brilliant we'll, yeah we'll have to find it and put a link in the description but yeah definitely yeah. check out Johnny's board game
1: it's a combination of uh, Wizard and Texas Hold'em. Okay. And it's 20 bucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, it's definitely cool. I, I recommend. Check it out. Okay. I'm, I'm going to shout out the SVIP, of course, but something me and Johnny were both on. Applications aren't open at the moment. Don't really know the situation with SVIP and coronavirus. So, But keep an eye on that if that's something you ever you think you'd be interested in. Um, yeah, keep an eye on that. And also, we mentioned it earlier, but I'll give a shout out to Meetup. So meetup.com. That's just like the app or the business or whatever, where you can basically just join a load of meetups and there's everything from like football to tech, to art, to cooking and just random stuff as well. Yes. Go check that out.
2: And my shout going to be for, oh yeah, games night. So if you'd like to join our game night every Friday night, there's a good source of banter for everyone who's come along so far. So feel free to join.
1: Which kind of games do you play? I should
2: probably join next time. Yeah, there's this. Well, we always start whilst we're also waiting for everyone to join. We do like scribble.io. So it's like draw my thing or Pictionary. We start off with that. It's just like, I guess, warming everyone up. Then we, we have the option of cards against humanity. I have a custom server, but recently we haven't played at all. We have custom cards as well. Um, oh, okay. Then the main thing people come for, I think, is the music quiz. And then that's usually followed up by a game called Psych. Sadly, last week the server Psych servers crashed on us when we started, so it was a bit sad. But usually, the Psych one is where everything gets a bit naughty, to say the least.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> sounds very uh, naughty in the San Francisco sense. Or what do you mean?
0: <laughs> what What does that mean in terms of San Francisco sense? I <laughs> what happens in San Francisco stays in San Francisco
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> um, oh, uh, well yeah we're, we're at the end of the episode thanks Johnny for coming on all the yeah, way from it well, was great great to talk
2: to you it's good thing again. See, see you Friday <laughs> see, you, <laughs> yeah, see you Friday, <laughs> see you
0: Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and see everyone listening as well Friday so yeah. no that was a bad one um, <laughs> guess, uh, we'll see you Friday or we'll see you for the next episode Uh, Next week. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.